Hey, so what is going on, everyone? It is me, Mr. Mario. It looks like we are live, and this is Mod Chat episode 21. So if you're joining us live, thank you very much. If you're watching or listening to the pre-recorded version, hopefully it is going to be entertaining enough where you all be entertained for the next I don't know how long because this is going on live right now. But anyways, as I've said, my name is Mr. Mario. Who do I have with me here? Uh, hey, what's going on, guys? Daniel from ModBot, as always, here. And I'll let you uh, kind of say hi to our special guest. Absolutely. And who, who's our special guest here? Hi, my name's Adam Korlick, and I run a YouTube channel by that same name. Perfect. What's up? So, so we want to thank Adam for, you know, coming out here and, uh, you know, representing on Mod Chat, all that stuff. And hopefully, you know, it will all be a, a fun time and all that. And uh, again, we, we understand you're busy. So thank you very much for taking some time out of your day to do this. Oh yeah, no problem. I'm sorry I got distracted there. Apparently, I had the live stream like ready to go in uh, a different shape, like uh, tab, and then it started making noise. And sorry, but yeah, no, yeah. Hey, what's up? Oh, not a whole lot. You know, just <laughs> relaxing on this Sunday night here and uh, ready to talk about some modding stuff. So even with this, we don't really have much going into it. many uh, many episodes when it's just Daniel and I. We just kind of have a topic that we kind of circle around or we have several things that we want to uh, discuss news related. However, we'll bring in Adam on here because uh, he is a bigger gaming-ish YouTuber, but you don't really, you, you can actually, I'll let you talk about your channel because I know you're not, when I say gaming YouTuber, you're not the person who does Let's Plays or anything, yeah. at least on your channel. No, uh, I do a lot of video games on, or, or, sorry, I do a lot of videos on uh, gaming discussions. I, I do a lot of tutorials on like how to clean and fix your game consoles. Uh, talk a lot about the industry, the economics of it, the politics of it. Uh, but then I also do things like unboxings and I show you guys tech and I talk about the history of stuff. I kind of do a lot of different things, pretty much everything other than actually let's sit down and play a game. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is I have a different channel where I do that. Oh, yeah. I did that. Oh, you oh. Uh, the other channel is uh, called Game Society Pimps. It's a comedy channel, and we do a lot of video game uh, play over there. Cool. Is it uh, ran by a couple different people then? Yeah, myself and two other guys, uh, Aaron Yanda and Emery G. Hungier. The three of us uh, run it, and we do all sorts of uh, shows over there. A lot of uh, machinimas in the sense that we make like games, and we turn them into stories and uh, give them arcs and all that kind of stuff. And then we do celebrity impression comedy like uh, Christopher Walken or Morgan Freeman or President Obama play a video <laughs> game. Hi. Um, that yeah hey how i don't do the impression but uh, gotcha. yeah. um, that's man. awesome i gotta take yeah. a look at that that sounds like definitely like something i can do there's a, a lot of episodes that are also on machinima too uh oh, we post right. stuff on the main channel there but uh most of them are on our channel cool yep. excellent i i know you're it seems like you're one of the few people who's just like hey machinima's not that bad guys uh, I can defend them because I actually know them. <laughs> I've met a lot of the people who work there. The thing is, they get a really bad rap for kind of unfair reasons uh, because all the people, they did a lot of shady shit. There's no dispute there. But mm -hmm. all the people who did that stuff haven't worked there for like four or five years. Right, um, right. But all the people who are there now are, you know, they're, they're cool people who just, you know, they're just trying to get projects made. Um, but they're, they've always been super cool to us. Oh, yeah, no, and I, I have no doubts of that. It's more one of those things just because of the stuff that they've done with the community and prior and all that. Just the name just doesn't ring bells. Like, Machinima used to be, you know, the number one, like the holy grail of, like, YouTube networks and all that. But, I mean, some of the stuff they did combined with, you know, networks cropping up, you know, once an hour, then it's just kind of out there with a yeah. bunch of other networks. No, I've, I've heard a lot of horror stories, but, you know, all I can say about that is that, you know, they've been cool to us, and a lot of people who did a lot of those initial things aren't there anymore. Mm -hmm. Their headquarters is out here, right, in California? Yeah, it's in Los Angeles. Oh, it's, right. um, they're actually on the Warner Brothers lot. Oh, no shit. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. 
All right. So kind of getting started here, we had, we had talked about some stuff that we might, you know, circle on or touch up on. Uh, but I guess, you know, Adam, you yourself, how did, because a lot of people, when they listen to this or they come to our channels, they know, you know, Daniel and I's history on modding. But I guess what has your history been or how have you really been involved in for, you could explain that to anyone who, you know, hasn't checked you out, for example. You mean my history on YouTube or history in modding? Uh, just modding stuff, because I know, like, you've worked, you, you yourself, you even said you haven't done any direct installs, but just, I mean, how it's really influenced, you know, your gaming culture and all that fun stuff. Yeah, I, I don't actually mod anything. Like, I know a lot about the history of that stuff, and I, I, you know, I've used a lot of modified consoles, and I can tell you a lot about how they work and stuff, but personally, I've never done that. Um, but I've gotten a lot of modded consoles over the years from uh, people who are frankly smarter than me and know how to solder that kind of stuff together and they know how to, you know, uh, a soft mod an Xbox. And, like, I can tell you the details on how to do stuff like that, but I've never personally soft modded an Xbox. Right. So, it's, uh, you know, it seems like this will be a nice balance because we have, like, you know, Daniel and I have done installs on it and then we have a user right here who's quite proficient with everything. So it works out. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when it comes to your collecting, are you interested in collecting also things like uh, test test units and developer units, or not necessarily? Um, I have Dreamcast development kits. I have a lot of Dreamcast development hardware. I've done videos on that. You guys can see, like, I have the GD writer. I have all this sound hardware, like a couple of dev kits, and all this other stuff. Um, Xbox, the original Xbox, I actually just got a debug kit, like the the, the green one. Yeah, in cool. general, in general, I don't get that stuff because it's expensive. But yeah, you know, in some cases, if I just happen to run into a situation where I could get it for not much, then I then I've pulled the trigger. But okay. I, I think off the top of my head, that that's all I have as far as development hardware. Mm -hmm. The, the, the problem is with development hardware as well, too, is it, it took me a while to kind of wrap my head around it. But when people look at them, because, you know, they see people selling dev kits and all that for, let's say, 500, 800 bucks, 300, whatever it is. And like, I think a fair price for, let's say, an Xbox debug kit or a dev kit might be 300 or so. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are like, well, why don't you just get a X regular Xbox for $20 and then, you know, soft Some mod or whatever. Um, it's kind of the novelty, of, in my opinion, it's kind of the novelty of having a dev kit. You might be able to do some other things that as well, too, specifically for that, that, well, not even my, I know you can do several things that, that you can't do with a regular soft modded Xbox. But on top of that, more with the price, it's more why is debug stuff so, or dev stuff so expensive? Because it's development hardware. Yeah. And, that that is the simple definition of it. If anyone wants more a more detailed thing, you could also say it's rarer because it's factually out there that like every system there's a lot less debug and dev units out there than there are retail units. Yeah, by by a wide margin because only developers ever had them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so well, I mean, I, I'm with you. Personally, I would love to have tests and developer kits and stuff like that. But there's a couple things. Is one, uh, I feel like I will never. I don't think in this lifetime be able to do much of anything with them other than things that already exist. Or like I don't know how to program. And although um, you know, I've seen a, I've seen a programming. I've been around programmers, and I can kind of like understand certain aspects of it. I would never really be able to do anything with it. So for me, it would just kind of be a trophy on my shelf in a sense. And so um, to kind of go out of my way, like you said too, you know, to do that uh, to get the hardware isn't really as much of something I'd be interested in. But in terms of finding like. Um, unreleased betas and things like that of games, like that kind of developer stuff, that's cool to me. Yeah, I completely agree with that part. It'd be awesome to find stuff like that. Uh, unfortunately for me, I, I don't know how to program either, so I'm sitting on a lot of this Dreamcast hardware that 
Um, I get a lot of crap for that because I made some videos on it. I'm like, yeah, here's all this stuff I got. In most of the cases, I was just kind of rounding it up because I was like, you know, a lot of people weren't taking very good care of it and I kind of wanted to centralize it and have it all in one place. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I got a lot of crap for that because I don't know how to program. But what a lot of people don't get is you wouldn't make Dreamcast games and all that stuff anymore. Like, a lot of people looked at me for years and been like, dude, you're the thing stopping Shenmue 3 from being made. Like, if you, if you just turn if you just turn those on, then Shenmue 3 would pop out. But it's like, no, that's not how it works. Like, you have to have programming skills. You have to have a lot of money. You have to have a development team. Yeah. Not to mention it's not even legal to use that stuff. And on top of that, at least with the Dreamcast, you have to have a PC running Windows 98 to interact with it. It's like, no, nobody's going to use this now. This is ridiculous. Yeah, it's super um, outdated. Yeah, exactly. Say- the, the issue you run into that as well, too, which a lot of people also don't understand is like, they're just like, oh, well, you know, I'm I'm because you, for example, let's say let's kind of scratch all that. Let's say you're just doing your own thing. You're going to do all the are you going to program and all that stuff. You need to go back and learn how to, you know, program on a Dreamcast or an N64 or a PS2 or whatever. And these were not easy in and out systems to program for. So you have to go back and kind of downgrade yourself in a way to learn that lower level stuff and stuff that was so unique to those systems right there, as opposed to some people might think it's as easy as opening up, you know, Visual Studio and selecting language and then just coding something up in C Sharp or whatever you're going to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, there are a lot more, at least with the Dreamcast case, there's a lot more development-friendly software and hardware out there now. Like, your average PC with the right kind of stuff on it can do more for Dreamcast independent games than anything like those old dev kits could actually do, given just logistics of living in 2016. Absolutely. Well, I feel that even though modern games have much bigger maps and usually a lot more details, obviously, because they can fit more than older games, um, it's still not necessarily... Like, I think it's probably easier to code for games nowadays just because you've got all those preset libraries and things like that. Oh, it's, I mean, it's immensely easier nowadays. Yeah. Like, I mean, even if you look at programming from, like, 20 years ago, like, my uncle's been a programmer for a long time. And if you look at, like, how things were until, like, now using a language like Python or something like that, it's a lot more, like, uh, things that you can actually visually look at and it makes sense in the English language versus, like... Um, stuff that's closer to like machine code language where you actually have to like completely know everything. You can't like look at it and kind of interpret what's going on. It's there's no like visual. If you don't know it, you don't know it basically type thing. Mm-hmm. Really? I mean, even getting down to the brass tacks of it, like, yes, I mean, coding can be as easy or hard as you're going to make it uh, depending on what you're doing, but I wouldn't even say it was as accessible or easy until really the past few years or so. I'm talking about consoles mostly. Um, Really, it was just like, you know, the architecture and all that on these new systems, especially with like Xbox One, for example, you have Windows Universal Platform, I think, or Universal Windows Platform, that's it. So you can pretty much just like take something and if it works on Windows 10, you can just have it run through UWP on the Xbox One at a lower spec. Yeah, like a universal setup for it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you also have to realize, like, all the other games out there, too, they might have, like, crazy little things inside of them and all that. I know, like, uh, hey, what's up, Stippo? So he's, he's in the chat. Like, Stippo, for example, this guy, I'll use him as an example. He's a big Dead Rising modder. I remember when we had him on the show, he was saying before that when he started modding up Dead Rising, nobody had any tools to do anything with it. There was, like, a save game editor, and that's it. So he had to go and learn how to reverse that game and end up making a bunch of stuff for it. Impressive. Yeah. We had Sippo actually on here a while back, and uh, he's definitely got like a whole other level of knowledge in terms of 
um, manipulating game data and things like that, and just adding custom things to games. It's pretty badass, like stuff that I, you know, have never fumbled around with before. Yeah, I respect that skill. I I don't even have close to it, but I respect it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, always a fun thing on there. Now, mm-hmm. Adam, even uh, you yourself, you'd said uh, prior to this kind of offline when we were chatting that you're more of a uh, retro gamer, right? Yeah, I mean, I I do play current gen stuff, but you know, strictly console. I don't really play on PC, and um, but I, I don't have the same passion for it that I do from stuff that is long since over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so retro stuff primarily. Yeah, I gotcha. Now I know with that, there's been. I mean, we've seen several things come out where I know, like the Dreamcast scene. You've covered it quite a bit, but that's like been quite lovely with homebrewed projects. Oh yeah, stuff. yeah. And even with that, you know, we've seen through, has it been, now, are people working on, I don't know if they have, like, homebrewed SDKs or the actual Sega SDKs and, like, actual dev hardware that work. You're talking about for the Dreamcast? Yeah, yeah, like that, that, for example. That's, like I was saying before, the development kits for the Dreamcast are pretty much useless for the independent scene for reasons stated before. You don't have the money, you don't have the technology, you don't have the tech, you don't have the the legality even. Whereas uh, independent stuff is all made on PCs, dude. Like anybody, you know, anybody with the right programming skills can make that because the Dreamcast is capable of reading unsigned code. And there's even like, you know, independent operating systems made for the purpose of making Dreamcast games that are legal to use. So no one's really motivated to try and use older uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen some older form posts before kind of related to that, but even I know there were some that were saying, they're just like, yeah, you can't really legally use the SDK, but you might as well also just use this homebrewed one because it works better on any PC that has something newer than 98. Granted, this form post I saw was also back from like 2005, so... But even that. then, it was true. <laughs> of course. Yeah, so now it's like really true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people are actively actually in the Dreamcast scene developing stuff via the computer then burning it or porting it over to the Dreamcast? They have it um, pressed on discs and sold, actually. Uh, there's been six games released for the Dreamcast this year that have been uh, fully completed, pressed on discs, sold at retail. No shit. I, yeah, they're I, not licensed by Sega, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're not on GD-ROMs. They're on CD-ROMs. So uh, it looks like a music CD, but uh, it does work. Wow. Have you yeah. played through them? Or? I yeah, I own all of them. Um, I've played a bunch of them. I've done videos on most of them. Uh, they're pretty cool games. I mean, they vary, obviously, but uh, a lot of them are pretty good. And most of them have PC ports and other ports as well, which I kind of theorize is part of the reason that they keep making for the Dreamcast because like, if you're making an indie game for the PC, it's probably not going to get a whole lot of press if it's like a, a what frankly looks like an Android type of game. Uh-huh. But if you put it on the Dreamcast, then all of a sudden you have articles on like Polygon and Kotaku being like, isn't it weird? There's a new Dreamcast game. <laughs> and people look it up and then they're like, well, I don't, I don't really want the Dreamcast version, but that game actually looks cool. Maybe I'll get it for the PC. So that's some hype. So exactly. It gives you a little uh-huh. bit of free press. Plus you have, you know, people like me making videos being like, look at this game. You know, so it, it I, I, that's part of my theory basically on why a lot of, uh, a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. Is, is it pretty easy to get your hands on a copy? If I mean, if you want one. Yeah, I've never had a problem with it. Uh, at least the stuff that's still coming out. There was a few I was trying to go back and get. They were hard to get, but I managed to find all of them. Is there a like kind of uh, name of a developer company that's kind of behind a couple of these? Or um, there's been a few. Goat Games did a bunch. They're based out of Wisconsin. Uh-huh. Um, then there's Hugecast, which is based out of Germany. Orion Soft based out of Germany, Red Spot Games based out of Germany. I'm sorry, Orion Soft based out of France. Um, Red Spot Games based out of Germany. Uh, Pure Solar was made by Watermelon. They do like really high quality ones. 
They're also based out of France. Almost all of them are based out of Europe for some reason. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, there's there's a few like reoccurring usual suspects that make games every once in a while. Hmm. That's awesome. That's yeah. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I love seeing that just on older scenes as well too. Not only just like you know ROM hacks and all, but complete games built from the ground up, whether it be the Dreamcast or any other system. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even with that, you, you see a lot now that. Uh, even when it comes to not the Dreamcast does get quite a bit of uh, press I've noticed, uh, but even just like other systems, whenever there's like a new little game that's made or whatever, mm-hmm. um, it'll get some press as well too. Although I feel like on definitely I've seen on the Dreamcast, well, there's a lot more out there. There's more interest, and it's much easier to press a disc as opposed to pressing new cartridges. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. I saw I think on uh, Assembler a long time ago somebody was having like a basically a uh, cartridge flashing mechanism, but it should look complicated. It did not look, um, you know. Yeah, like I would not do that. Figure out at all? Yeah, I can only imagine like what you got to set up software and hardware wise to be able to get wait computer. cartridge flashing mechanism for what system? It was. Uh, it's been such a long time, but I want to say it was. Um, I want to say it was a Nintendo system. Probably I mean, NES or SNES. Those are usual suspects. Yeah, I mean, it was an older, I want to say older Nintendo system. But, I mean, again, looking at the hardware, um, it looked really complicated and old. And, like, I don't know how you'd even connect it. You know, I'm sure there's somebody on Assembler that knows a lot more about the, the hardware, um, you know, if you really had questions about it. But still, like, I don't think it would be practical for someone to try to pick up and just be able to figure out, you know, through fumbling around with it at least. Mm-hmm. but still cool i mean really cool to see the hardware stuff i've never you know seen before at all there's a lot of like definitely gems on that website I, or on that forum i mean oh, the yeah. thing is a, a lot of people also it's just it, it it's so niche as well too because a lot of people you know they they might see like music collecting or game collecting but it's like development hardware collecting a lot of people don't see the point to it just because it's like well you probably can't use it and you're not going to be using it to the full extent which most of these people are not but it's kind of one of those things where collecting it because it's cool to have like i have a fascination of it as well too i just really don't get too much into it because it costs an ass load yeah Yeah. well the other thing you have to consider is that a lot of uh, those kits are actually intended for destruction like they're supposed to be terminated they're supposed to be thrown away destroyed etc so they're going to end up in somebody's hands if not unless they end up in a junkyard so the odds of it and ending up in somebody's hands who's actually going to be able to use them and legally pretty much non-existent Mm -hmm. so I, you know, personally, I'm glad that at least a bunch of them end up in collectors' hands where they're at least saved for the future, just for like historical reasons. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. There's not much of a practical application for any of them. Contrary, again, to what people think, you can't just flip them on and have games pop out like, you know, like out of a factory. It doesn't work that way. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even on most of those systems as well, too, you can't even take a retail game and pop it in there because yeah. it's probably retail signed. It's like, oh, why doesn't it work? Because it's not dev signed. So yeah. then again, you can't even, it's not even you turned on, there's games on there. It's like your existing game collection probably doesn't work easily on this dev hardware. Yeah, I can tell you firsthand with some of that Dreamcast stuff, like the Dreamcast development kits, there's a bunch of games it won't read. Like it won't read Resident Evil 2, it won't read Shenmue. Um, those are the only two I remember offhand. But I, like I made a whole list of all these games that just don't work on the dev kit. Like it's actually, if you're just going to use it as a console, it actually has massive disadvantages over a regular console. 
So then again, it goes back to just having it be a nice centerpiece. Pretty much. Yeah. Honestly, so, that's what I use. I uh, recently, a few months ago, I acquired a 360 test kit. The thing's broken, and I was like, okay, let me buy it because I got it for a good price. I was like, okay, let me buy it. Let me see if I could fix it up. Um, it's, I, I, I'm not gonna try any of those like hair dryer methods or anything. Don't, don't do that. Um, but yeah, no. Oh, I the could, penny fix. <laughs> oh, the the penny fix, the heat guns, oven. Yeah. I'm, it's the towels. I'm towels. Not, <laughs> the towels. No, you're swabbing the fan. <laughs> yeah, no. So I'm not. I'm not doing anything like that on it. So the system, it's not working. And I'm just like, well, if I get it sent off at one point to get a hardware repair, fantastic. But right now, I just I put it all back together, slap the sidecar on it, and I put it on top of my game shelves in my living room. So like, if people come in, they're just like, what's that weird looking 360 with the big tumor thing on the side? I'm like, oh, let's get into a history lesson here. <laughs> yeah, the um, it, it's sad because I mean you were talking about how a lot of the dev hardware is supposed to be destroyed but I mean I think we've talked about this too and uh, with the 360s especially as they're coming out with like from I mean I don't know how much you know about like the hardware inside of the 360s but like the first series oh, yeah. of them Red, Red, yeah. Red Rings of Death right? Yeah well <laughs> yeah. The, the first ones there's like the Xenon motherboards and then there was Zephyr motherboards and there was Falcon and there was Jasper which is basically just um, outside, you wouldn't really be able to tell much of a difference other than like one having an HDMI port. But internally, like the heat sinks and the GPUs were changed so that way, as they progress, they use lower voltages, um, which you know in turn their goal is to create less heat and less you know destruction of the console and mm -hmm. rendering and more all that shit. But um, a lot of the dev kits were also upgraded as they came out the new ones. So all the old ones were sent overseas to like China to be basically melted down and destroyed. And so. Um, after a while, though, I think a lot of the people over there started to realize that these kits that were coming over there were worth some money or they were valuable. So instead of destroying them completely, they would like take a nail to the or like some kind of a, a chip to the power supply and then keep them instead of completely just disintegrating them. And there was a website um, that it's it's in. I want to say Taobao. Yeah, Taobao. And um, it's completely in Chinese. Um, but if you use Google Translate, you can kind of get your way around there. And I think they have like a third party um, uh, affiliate type thing where it's kind of in English that I found a long time ago, but you can actually purchase um, developer hardware from overseas. Now, obviously, <laughs> will you ever get it? Um, what condition will it be in? Here's the, here's the thing I've heard about Chinese Taobao kits. You do get them in about two months and mm -hmm. no guarantee it's going to work. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, it has to be the the thing is some of them are really cheap price like they have some kits that are like the like really nice kits where they're super expensive and i don't think i try it but for a cheap kit just to have one and like cuz i mean i i'm not the best but i can solder i've done a lot of soldering over the past 4 or 5 years and if i were to get one that just has like a bash power supply you know i could easily just resolder the socket solder a new socket and if that was it you know it'd be cool to have but i'm just basically getting at that it sucks to me as a person that can appreciate hardware that they're just sending them over there and they're basically just being completely demolished and you know destroyed. It, it, it really it fucking blows in my mind. Yeah, I agree completely. That's why I wanted to round up a bunch of that Dreamcast stuff because uh, a bunch of that stuff was being discarded and tossed away. So I wanted to get you know my hands on it and make sure it was safe. So it, I can, it just I can relate. Seem, it seems like a waste to me in my mind. Like I, I don't understand why because like the the companies have to know that there is a certain a pretty large, I feel, a community of gamers that can actually like enjoy and appreciate the history and as things progress. So I don't understand why they can't at least do something where like put together some kind of a like museum of video game shit and there actually a museum. 
but but still like maybe there's one but i'm saying like you know to preserve a lot of the hardware in like a really cool way versus instead of just saying all right well this is outdated now let's just send it over there and like completely don't care about any of the shit you know it, i'm speculating completely here but it probably depends on the console like with the 360 microsoft probably wouldn't have wanted a bunch of development kits out there in public Granted. hands while yeah. they're still making the console no valid um, point but we also don't know what their deals are when they send a like a dev kit to like oh. Ubisoft or somebody that they tell them like you know when we're done you have to trash it because we just don't want this information out there. Most I would time. guarantee almost every dev kit you see pop up at some point fell off a truck like it wasn't supposed to actually be for sale. I, well, I was, yeah. I was gonna say this even like uh, something you run into. So a lot of those dev kits, uh, most of the time they're leased out to companies. Yes, you do pay for them, but it's like okay when you're done, return it. But then even with that, there's some things that are out of control. Like for example, um, I'm thinking uh, who's the, the studio Volition, that's it. They do the Saints Row series. Um, you all saw how earlier this year they end up releasing that uh, Saints Row game that was on the PSP. I did not know that, but go oh. on. <laughs> so, fun fact, uh, there was a guy who was kind of new there, and he was just kind of bumming around the office, looking around. He looked into one of the closet areas, and he sees a PSP dev kit. He's like, we've never released a game on PSP. He checks it out, and there's a prototype game on there. So he talked with some people, and they're just like, "Hey, so what happened with this? Oh yeah, we worked on a game for PSP. What was it? Oh, it was Saints Row Undercover." And they start talking about it, and they're like, "Hey, maybe we should show people." Well, why? It's an unfinished game. And as they kept talking about it, it sounded more and more cool. They're like, "There's people that are interested in this. Why don't we show it?" So they end up live streaming them playing the beta build of this unreleased game. And after the live stream, they just ripped it and put the ISO out online. They said, "Hey, we know you guys want this. Have fun." What I'm trying to put there is, you know, there's a lot of these projects that are just unseen like that. But even so, if that dev kit was supposed to be returned, it was just the PSP's long dead. No one's doing anything with it officially mm -hmm. with any company. But that PSP dev kit was just sitting there in that closet. So the other thing I was going to bring up was I know with uh, the OG Xbox, at least I've seen several of these. Several dev kits got a. Uh, so there's several dev kits from Midway that are out on the market because you know Midway ended up going under and Midway was yeah Midway was based here in Chicago and when they closed up shop they pretty much had a fire sale for everything they had exactly but then even at that point you run into another thing and a lot of people have discussed this it's like Microsoft will say okay you need to return this but the company went bankrupt and had to do a fire sale and then they sold off all those things including the test kits so what the hell happens at that yeah. point who do you sue there's no one to sue exactly. <laughs> the company doesn't exist what are they going to do mm -hmm. that's actually one of my dreamcast dev kits was from idos they didn't oh, nice. exist yeah they didn't even exist anymore they were bought out or something so that, i'm pretty sure that's how it fell out of their hands at some point but yeah that that happens you know at some point these people just go hey what we got nothing to lose quite literally let's make mm -hmm. some money on this dev kit it depends on like the the value of it too cuz even i know I feel like Microsoft, they did, so pretty much going go with the, the two systems, I, I feel like the reason why they tried to trash so many of the 360s is because with the original Xbox, a lot of those systems end up getting out because I had heard reports, I don't remember where I found this, but at one point there were some people that they had dev kits, like really nice, you know, the green, the big green dev kits yeah. and all that. The dev, there's actually two versions. There's the de debug kit, which is green, which is probably what you're thinking of, and there's the development kit, which is the taller and right? crystal. It might be the debug kit then. Okay. Um, 
Point is, I had seen at least one or two people where they got a hold of these. It's like, where do you get a hold of them? Oh, well, my uncle, or I know, I know it sounds fake, but trust me on this. It's like my uncle or my friend ends up working for Microsoft. Well, how'd he get it? Oh, well, at the end of the console generation, we had a lot of these all over the offices, and it got to the point where they just unhooked all of them, replaced them with 360s, and they put them in stacks by doors, and Microsoft was just like, hey, if you want one of these, just take it home. We don't care. We're going to trash them. So a lot of employees just kind of took some home or gave them to friends or whatever. They didn't care as much. While as with the 360, they did everything they could to send them over to get disposed of and try and get them back. But then kind of as Daniel said and alluded to, and we've talked about mm -hmm. a few times, then that's when a lot of them were going to China. And over in China, they're like, these... 360s are a little bit different and they're damaged for some reason. They might be worth some money because they seem special. Mm -hmm. Well, again, too, I can understand. Like he said, the 360 with it being, I mean, it's still kind of, a, I mean, a console. My brother still plays 360. And I mean, um, you know, at the time they were being demolished massively, they were still very much so the current console. So I can understand, again, how they wouldn't want them really going around, especially when, I mean, some of them had. Uh, hard drives with you know secretive stuff and unreleased stuff and I mean also at the same time too like um, I, I want to say that there was a decent amount of stuff where people that had the uh, developer kits they were kind of accessing PartnerNet which is supposed to be like the Microsoft Live but strictly for developers and they were able to actually take and steal unreleased games and things like that and download them and actually release them online or stream them um, which obviously is a big problem. I can understand like how that's a huge no-no for, for everything, for the companies, and, and you know Microsoft can probably even get in some trouble too when they're supposed to have a secure network and these companies are getting their shit taken and released early. So again, mm -hmm. in that sense, I understand how it's a different story. When we, again, when we're comparing it to things like Dreamcast, which is a much older generation of a console mm -hmm. where I don't think anyone's going to really cry over spilt milk when it comes to those really getting out anymore, you know? I think you're also you also have to factor in just the logistics of storage. Like you were talking about with the um, uh, the the de debug kits, they obviously took up a lot of space. I mean, original Xboxes are huge, so if you have like a whole room of them, no one wants to store all that crap. Which is why, like, literally anybody wants these, take them. Otherwise, they're going to the dump just because they don't want to deal with it. They they can't be bothered to try and hawk these things on eBay for like two hundred bucks. Like, what company is going to care enough? So I think that's why a lot of them end up just destroyed. Of course. And then yeah. the, the thing is, well, too, they also don't want, because a lot of, even one thing is to use those, you have to have the software development kits. You have to, again, you have to get licensed with these companies. You have to get the software dev kits, uh, well, software development kit software. Uh, and then you have to get the dev kits. You're paying for all that. So then at that point, it's like, well, wait a minute, we're big generic company right here. We had to pay you all tens of thousands of dollars to get all this stuff. Why are you just hawking all this hardware off for pennies and letting people do whatever the hell they want to with it. Yeah. So I could see it from a business standpoint as well, too. Mm -hmm. Right on. <laughs> the only other development thing I have is I don't even really remember how this happened. I somehow came into the possession of a bunch of Sega Saturn, uh, like, I don't even, like floppy disks, like programming floppy disks. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. But I, I have no use for them. It was just something that was in the it was in a package of something else I ordered. They just like gave it to me. Okay. Um, but I, I was like, oh shit. Okay. So I put that off to the side. But like aside from that, that's that's pretty much my, where my development kit property mm -hmm. ends. I got gotcha. you. Uh, I thought I was I was getting kind of excited. I had to hold back because I thought you were going to tell me. He's like, oh yeah, I got a box of Sega stuff, and there was a Sega Saturn dev kit in there. 
No, trust me, that one I would tell you about if I had something that cool. But no, it's just a bunch of it was a bunch of floppy disks that are just like programming software for it. Mm-hmm. I think there was a, there's one dude on eBay who's been trying to sell a complete Saturn dev kit for like three grand or something, and it's mm-hmm. like that's you know that's actually kind of acceptable. I know it's expensive, but it's like how many Saturn dev kits do you see? I've seen one. Yeah, not even in person, just online. So yeah, some, I've never seen one in person. Some, somebody will probably pay that much for it. Of course. Yeah, if it's been there for three years, maybe not. Yeah, wait, who said three years? You say that, Mario? Oh no, I said three thousand. It's been there. Oh, for- I thought you said three years. <laughs> oh. No, 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 no. It's, they're like, selling it for three thousand. No, okay. it's my mistake. My mistake. It's all good. I think they gave up. <laughs> <laughs> this is how rumors start, you all. We need to. Yeah, I was like, that's why we nipped it in the bud. Good job. Exactly. <laughs> <All right>. Sorry. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. No, when it uh. So I mean. Dev hardware is fun as well too. We uh, we've seen a big resurgence with um, with with you know like retro consoles and all, especially with all these uh, like really game collecting becoming mainstream now and all that. Um, now I know one thing is we've all had a bit of experience with it, but you know those like flash cart type systems and all that. How, how do you all feel about them when it comes to you know using you mean- a flash cart on? Whether it be like an N64 or like what they're they're developing one. Well, there's one that's out for the PlayStation right now. They're developing one for the Sega Saturn. Um, I guess just how you feel about them, people like having free reign on them, or if it'd be better to get the original stuff or whatever the hell you want to talk about. So you're talking about things like EverDrives or you know for the Dreamcast like the GDUSB or the GDMU stuff like that. Um, So. I like those in concept. I have a bunch of them for uh, the cartridge consoles. I like that I can run games on them and kind of leave my collection alone. Uh, often you'll also have benefits to that, like the GDMU uh, runs Dreamcast games off of SD cards, and the load times are substantially improved over what it off- is off a of disc. And again, you can leave the collection alone, which I know is not everybody's standpoint. A lot of people feel like you own it, you should play it that way, which is, yes, uh, I I like to do that, but also if I don't have to damage anything and I can still play the game, sometimes Mm -hmm. I want to do that instead. Um, In concept, I like them, but some of them are easier to use than others. Like the 3DO one you were talking about does exist. It requires soldering. Uh, So does Uh, the PlayStation, not the 3DO one. 3DO one I haven't heard anything about, but PSI. No, no, I'm talking about both of them. They both exist, and they both Uh require soldering. Same with the Saturn one, the Rhea. It exists. It requires soldering. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think there's there is some work in uh, being done with the Saturn where they can use either the memory card slot or the VCD card slot to eventually create some yep. other kind of card that can boot titles. But that one's way far away. Um, for some reason, the Dreamcast leaped forward and they did. They've already done two different boards for that: the GDMU and the USB GD ROM that already work. You just replace the GD ROM drive with these boards, and then you can run. Uh, hard drives through the USB port or SD cards through the uh, GDMU and run games off of that. So, yeah, all that shit. That's 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 cool. Daniel, your thoughts? Well, I mean, I've used them before, and the thing is, like, <clears throat> like I I personally, I mean, I don't have nearly as much of a collection as Adam, but uh, I personally love you know retro. Um, consoles and retro systems, and uh, again, I don't play them as much as I nearly, you know, wish I did. Um, I basically play one or two games on the PC pretty much in my spare time when I have spare time, but um, I enjoy going out and collecting and having originals, especially for, you know, games that were n- they're nostalgic for me now that I grew up with, and 
Um, I don't see anything necessarily wrong with the carts uh, or like the flash carts or flash drive type things. Um, and again, like for me, there's certain times where, um, I mean, there's like certain games, like if we're talking like even on Super Nintendo, like uh, Chrono Trigger was a game that me and my buddy wanted to play and like I couldn't get my hands on it. So, I mean, I played it via one of those just to like kind of test it out. But ultimately, I'd like to have the original more so than a copy of it. But then again, also, like Adam, you're saying, from your standpoint, um, you know, if you can play the game that you already own, you don't have to actually, like, insert and remove, in which you know, ultimately causes wear on the, you know, discs and on the, uh, you know, cartridges, then that's definitely an added bonus and along with the, you know, additional features that come with it. So I kind of feel the same way. Like, there's definitely good things and there's there's... You know, I could see the attraction behind them, um, but at the same time, I like having my original games. Like, I like having the hard, hard, you know, actual physical game versus just using flashes or you know, like mod chips and flash drives and stuff like that. I completely agree. Yeah, I'm an all physical gamer, so like, uh, I love to play the stuff. You know, like I like to actually own stuff. You know, mm. and uh, I rarely will use the EverDrive to play things I don't already have. Maybe try them out if it's an expensive game. Try it that way, and yeah. then be like, okay, I liked it enough. I'm gonna go actually buy this, and then ironically, not really use that version that I buy. I'll, I'll play <laughs> on the EverDrive. But you know, you get my point. <laughs> it's some. It's worth something you want to have in your collection. Precisely. Yeah. I don't know. There, there's a lot of people I talk with as well, too, because I'm one of those people and I'm, I'm not sure how um, I feel like you guys are the same way as well, too, where, yeah, you can even have a really nice computer. You can emulate, do whatever the hell you want to. Uh, but still, I would prefer to play on the original hardware and all that. Like recently, I've been on a big Silent Hill binge. So what I did was I have a few PlayStations that have been modded and all that. And um, I had the original hardware, but I own the game. Uh, but just because I didn't want to use it or anything, I made a copy of it, burned it to CDR, and I was playing it that way. And then I was in my living room with the frame meister and all that. So I've, I've invested a good amount on that. But still, I could have played it on the PS3. I could have emulated it on my PC. Might have had a better experience. But for some reason, and I just I can't explain what it is. It just, even though you might get the worst experience on the original hardware, it just feels better that way. It feels authentic. That's mm -hmm. basically what it is. Somewhat well, nostalgic, too. Yeah, definitely nostalgic. I mean, I've I've been playing on and off. Um, buddy of mine's been playing Pokemon Silver on his 3DS, like he bought it in the you know store or whatever. And uh, so it kind of got me wanting to play an old Pokemon game. So I literally just been playing Blue on and off on my uh, on my tablet, just emulating it. But I would much rather play it back it, like how I had it in you know like '96 or '97 when I had my Game Boy Color, and I took that thing with me everywhere, and you know. When the lights got dark, you couldn't even see the screen. Like I, I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I had like a little booklet. Finally, when I got the Game Boy Advance, I got a little like booklet attachment for the top, so I could see it like under the sheets. I was supposed to be sleeping as a kid and shit. But um, I mean, there's other things like uh, there's something actually on my radar that I really want to um, make on the channel, which is it's called like a, a pie or pie girl is what it's called, and it's uh, uh, basically you use a Raspberry Pi and you know it emulates. Um, the hard or the the hardware, so like Game Boy, it works for like Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, Super Nintendo, and NES, and maybe Genesis. And but basically, you combine that with like a three D printer, and um, when you have the the final end product, it basically looks like a Game Boy, with obviously the exception of like you've got like a USB slot on the side. But I'm saying like it looks a lot like it. It's got the buttons in the same spots essentially, and so like 
that at least to me would be one step closer and it'd be convenient for the sake of again having it all in one nice package i've got the backlight built in and shit like that so i would like that but at the same time um it's still not gonna be the same as having the original and again when it comes to the games i love having all the games like i'll literally just kind of go through some of my nintendo games and like like oh shit like cool and I, it's fun breaking them out you know <laughs> i agree yeah it's just so fun man <laughs> like it's and it's cool like collecting just watching it like grow and um i mean my buddy that um he's out of town now but i moved in with my buddy and his wife here and i got him in a retro collecting and he like I, I've been doing it longer than him, and I at one point had to like liquidate pretty much everything. And so when I started back up, I decided, hey, I'm sticking with just like N64. I want to try to get all the games since that was my first um, my first console. While him, on the other hand, he's just like, fuck it, if it's cool, I want it. So he's got everything from like Atari um, up till basically current gen. Um, and I mean, he's got a huge amount of stuff, and he's the same exact way. He loves having it. Like even if he has one version of it, he'll get another one if it's in better condition. And then oh, this one's got a label, like a manual. I'll take it. This one's got a box. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. Like, you know, until you get like the best version of it. So, and again, I know that not everyone's like that. Um, I don't know if it's just because like I mean, I know Adam, you're older than us, but I mean, I know that we are still older than at least a solid amount of our audience. So I don't know if it's different. You know compared because now like digital digital wasn't a thing back then like i was able to run down a blockbuster and basically rent an n64 game go home and play it well now i mean you have the option to basically hit download and just download it so maybe people don't have the same um kind of like appreciation for owning a physical copy of the game anymore i agree but you also have taken in consideration that for a lot of people like us part of the the game isn't always the game itself the game is collecting like mm-hmm. that that becomes fun like in yeah. itself like playing the games is nice don't get me wrong but there's something about like that thrill of the hunt you know we're not going out and shooting deer so we're yeah. going out and finding rare copies of games like that's that's what we do so it's it's fun I I've, uh, the, uh, I was just gonna say the the thing I've had like recently there's been uh, a few thrift stores that like in the area I'm in I'm just like okay these places are awesome and I have to limit myself is the problem because now it's not even that money is much of an issue it's more it's like do I really want to be buying like 20 games every weekend? I don't really want to do that. I don't know if I can have the space for that. Mm-hmm. Logistics becomes a huge problem. Mm-hmm. I advise getting shelves, shelves that go up and build up against the wall. Yep. I just, <laughs> I just got some this year and I'm, I'm now at, I'm going to have to add on to more shelves here soon. Yeah. You get used to it. Think, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, Ikea is awesome for that. I'm not, I'm not sponsored by Ikea, but if you got one locally, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. There's there's a retro because um, I follow a lot of like uh, retro channels like uh, Retro Liberty. Um, uh, God, it's been so long since I've watched them. I mean, they have the Game Chasers. There's a couple smaller guys though that I used to follow, and one of them I can't remember his name. Like I know he went from like kind of being clean cut to having like this gnarly beard. And uh, you talking about me? No, no, <laughs> like... no, 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 definitely not you. Oh, thanks. Um, no, <laughs> but. But, and uh, he he has this, like, uh, he basically built his setup from Home Depot, like his shelving and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And it looks really good. And he was able to basically, like, map it out. So it literally fits his whole, um, his whole wall and kind of, like, spaced out the divider. So that way he knows, like, how much space he has for a certain type of, you know, console, like, game size and shit like that. And that looks really, really good. And, I mean, obviously, like... You live in an apartment. I, I have a room, so it's different, you know. But yeah. ideally, when you have a house, like you can do stuff like that to kind of take advantage of space. Because um, again, with especially if you're collecting like boxes, I mean, even just a couple boxes, like the N64 box and a couple things in my closet, like takes up a lot of space. It really does. 
We, you're not happy to be talking about CJR, are you? Mm, I don't think so. I can check right now. Because his game room is very much like what you described, but I could be wrong. I was going to say, I know um, if you guys follow him, Metal Jesus Rocks, he oh, yeah. himself on being a... I mean, he's a collector, and he's awesome, but he is a big box PC collector, and it's like, that is a whole other league. Yeah, I, <laughs> I wouldn't mean, even... I wouldn't dare. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about, like, the PC box that were, like, oh, I know. big, you know? And <laughs> there's other ones, like, I know, like, the, the, the Tomb Raider one's like a damn triangle. Yep. <laughs> That's yeah, no, that would not be for me. Yeah, I'm just like I'm, I'm good on that. Also, I don't know. It depends on systems too. Like my my PC stuff, for example, I don't want anything physical. Like I'm I'm going digital on that. But when it comes to consoles, I'm very against exclusive digital stuff. Yeah, that's why I get a lot of imports from other countries because you'd be amazed like what games only come out digitally here that for some reason get physical releases in Europe or in uh, Australia or Japan or Hong Kong for some reason. And you're just like, why? Why did that happen? Well, whatever. I, I'll import I don't it. get it. It's like, okay, so you're getting like a, tw- I don't know, like a 15, 20 euro game. And mm-hmm. it's fully in English. And all. Why didn't this come over here? Yeah, I don't know. And I, I haven't found a solid answer for that. I, I think it tends to be that there's a publisher who's willing to take a, a risk on it in one region, but they don't exist in another or something like that. Beyond that, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Did you find it? Yeah, it's not CJR. It's old school, Brian. Oh, no. I don't yeah. know old school, Brian. No, look, yeah, like, the only one you unfortunately don't no disrespect to anyone. The only one I knew you who talked about was um, Game Chasers. Yeah, because they're like the bigger one. Um, Retro Liberty is more local. Do you see the screen? Yes. Okay, so this was him prior, right? Just like kind of clean cut, and then this is him now. You can't tell me that's not a big transition. Yeah, no, that's not me. Oh, no, no, it's, yeah. it's yeah. just a small transition. <laughs> <laughs> he just has yeah. some fur right there. It's fine. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Hold on, let me see if I can figure out how to end. How do you end? Oh, stop sharing. Beautiful. Yep. There we go. Yeah, no, I was, uh, I was going to say when we were talking about like the, the age gap and all that, uh, I've never told this story out here, but um, so I got, I got two younger brothers, right? And um, recently I'd given them a PS1, like my first PS1 I modded because uh, they wanted to, well, one of them, he really wants to play Final Fantasy VII. Like he's, he's kind of been getting into that because he's seen the stuff I do, the games I play and he plays a lot of smash. They added cloud in there. He saw the final fantasy seven remakes coming out. So he wanted to play that. So I was like, okay, cool. I can give you final fantasy seven. I can give you a PlayStation. And I remember when I gave it to them, they didn't know what the hell to do with the memory cards. And then even when the first time they hooked it up, cause I told them like, okay guys, when you hook this up, it's not going to look good. They're like, yeah, we know. I'm like, no, no, you're hooking up to composite on a new TV. It's not going to look good. So I don't want you all complaining about the graphics or anything. But uh, even when they got it, um, they tried it out. And my dad calls me up and he's like, Danny, the, the PlayStation's broken. It's not working. I asked, okay, what did you do? Well, we turned it on and then we put the game in there and it's just at the CD player screen. I'm like, oh, press the reset button. Because like everything they've used, it's like you turn it on, there's a menu and you pop in the disc and then, you know, it spins up and you can actually select it on there. But I mean, it was so basic and just old school stuff. Like I had to tell them, it's like, no, you're not saving to the disc. There's no hard drive in there. This like little memory card, this is what you save your, your memory to. So it's, it's fun showing them that stuff. But That story it, depressed me. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it, no, because you're so right. Like I didn't think about it. Like... That's exactly how I think a kid would react. Mm-hmm. The disc isn't starting. At the menu. <laughs> Why isn't it starting? Oh. Yeah. I was I was giving them crap too because like they couldn't. I was I was telling like recently when I visited, um, I was telling one of my brothers how to take out the memory card because he was transposing it between like my little 
like small like PS1 and uh, his PlayStation, and he didn't know how to take the memory card out. He's like, it's stuck. It's stuck. I'm like, no, you're not pulling it hard enough. I did this when I was younger. I still do it. Like, you need to actually yank on the thing. It's fine. You're not going to break it. Wow. And then you got to imagine they were like, all right, we'll turn it on. We'll go do something. We'll come back while it installs all its updates and everything. <laughs> and you're just like, no, it, there was a time, the golden age, where you just put in the game and it just it read worked. and it worked. Exactly. Yeah, well, even with that, I mean, I've been able to spoil them too, where it's like they have, you know, soft modded, hard modded systems and all that, where it's like you can flip it on, load this app, and then it brings up all the games in a Netflix style. So they don't yeah, need to yeah. worry about that. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, Adam, out of your collection, I know I asked you like on the N64 what your favorite game was earlier, but what if, if you had to pick like one thing that's your favorite item, would you be able to do that or no way in hell? Favorite item? Like, favorite item. Like, it could be a game for any, like, anything. Like, just something in your collection where, like, I am extremely proud of this. Like, I, I'm stoked on this. Uh, I love having the Divers 2000 Dreamcast, but I think my favorite thing is probably my signed copy of Shenmue. It's signed by Yu Suzuki, who was the creator of the game, and it was signed by Corey Marshall, who was the lead voice actor. I well, got to hang out with him, and he signed it. It was awesome. I was going to ask, weren't you in bed with Corey? I was. <laughs> um, I actually came out to Los Angeles last year for like a, a Ubisoft press event, and uh, while I was there, I had extra time on my hands, and I contacted him. I was like, hey, you want to hang out? And he was like, sure. So we hung out, and we decided to film this video to promote the, like, at the time, it was the Shenmue Slackerbacker campaign, which is like, uh, to get more money and funding for Shenmue 3, like the Kickstarter. Yeah. And uh, so we just made this video, and then we just got this idea, like, what if we're just, like, laying in a bed and talking about doing this? <laughs> and it would be, like, the most blatantly, obviously messed up thing I'd ever put on my channel. But I was like, yeah. whatever, we'll do it. <laughs> and uh, it's been a great story, because uh, I get to talk to a lot of people in the Shenmue community, and they're like, dude, I'm so jealous. I'm like, I didn't think <laughs> that would be something <laughs> I was jealous of. But yeah, he signed it, and I had it signed by uh, the creator of the game. So... Partially, That's it's the story behind it, and also partially, it's, it's my favorite game. I, I cared a lot about uh, its future and getting another one made and all that stuff. And um, So to actually have a copy of it that's signed by two of the most influential people in it is really cool. Yeah, no, that's, that is really badass. Mm -hmm. The other thing I mentioned, in case you're curious, is the Divers 2000 Dreamcast. It was only released in Japan. 200 of them were made, apparently. And it's a, Wait, 200 uh, only? Like, I thought supposedly, it was... Supposedly... No, supposedly it was only 200. And I could see why, because it's, it's basically an old CRT that looks like an iMac computer that has a Dreamcast built into it. Holy shit, yeah, it's blue. It's if like you blue Google blue it, you'll see yeah. it. It's, it's a ridiculous <laughs> thing. In fact, most of the pictures that come up are from my video. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, it's, it's insane looking. I know the funny thing is, because I'd seen your video on that, and didn't you say there's, like, a feature that's advertised in the menu where it's, like, you can, like, connect it to other Dreamcast, two th like, Divers 2000 models? Uh, there was some sort of networking feature. You have to forgive me. I filmed that video like seven years ago. Of course. Uh, <laughs> and I haven't watched it since. Um, but I think that that does ring a bell. I think there was some sort of networking feature. I'm, I mean, the reason yeah, why I'm, no, you're right, it did because now I'm, it's coming back to me. It came with the Dream Eye, which was basically the Dreamcast webcam, and it had this like uh, connection software. So the idea was that you could have like multiples in these in your house, and you could have like a premature version of Skype. But, but the re the reason why I'm even I, I brought that up is because you said 200, and then I thought yeah. of that networking feature. It's like so if you have a couple of them in your house, you have one percent of the Divers 2000 Dream. Sounds like it because it's it's one of those brilliant Sega ideas where it sounds amazing on paper, but when they get to the practical part of actually making stuff, oh. Oh shit! Well, <laughs> we're done. We're done. With it that. looks awesome, though. Like, I gotta say, like, yeah, it's mean, it's cool, isn't it? it? Yeah, I've never seen anything like it before. I mean, it's definitely it's really something bizarre. that you, it's, it's it's a conversation it looks like, piece. It looks sure. like chow, doesn't it? 
Yeah, that's what I said. Okay, because I, I know it wasn't Sonic, but like at first glance, it looks kind of like Sonic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I miss that era, man, when people were still building game consoles into televisions and like other weird devices. When was the last time we had something like that? Well, I, I remember when I was younger, like, this is, like, I mean, this has to be around the year 2000 or so. Like, I was just mind-blown at the fact that there were some higher-end minivans you could buy, and they had a TV in the back, and there was a PS2 built into it. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Like, what happened to that? They need to bring that shit back. I think it was too niche, and it just, like, didn't really happen yeah. all that well. But also, the, the PS2 was pretty, like, it, you know, it was pretty reliable. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, you have to remember, generation after that, PS3, it was just, like, that was crazy with the architecture and stuff 360 unreliable we well you're gonna be in the back seat flailing things around so i think generation seven might have killed it yeah it probably did because you're right i don't know when we're gonna see a console built into anything else anymore like they used to be built into tvs they were built into cars they were built into like hotels like they were just weird you know like they they were built into all sort of stuff and i guess we don't really have that anymore which is now that i think about another thing that's depressing me I uh, <laughs> just from 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 that uh the Dreamcast uh, that yes. you said, uh 2000 yeah I um happen to pull up another thing and it's cool it's a TV like a sharp TV that had a built-in NES <laughs> yeah that's exactly what I was talking about the the, yeah. the sharp NES it's really Those cool really hard to find yeah that's that's some shit I miss man like they used to do weird stuff like that where they would just build consoles inside of televisions <laughs> yeah, like like because they used to build VCRs and TVs so I guess that was the same basic idea yeah, yeah there was I know there was an original Xbox television. It didn't have an OG Xbox built into it, but it said Xbox on it and it had some sort of proprietary port for it, but I have no idea what it did. Technically, we're, I, I don't even want to say this, but the closest that we can get to it is you can buy Sony TVs with PlayStation Now on them. Yeah, that is true. That is a, that is a valid point. Yeah, but Shit, that's technically but not a console. No, no, no. You hook it up to the internet and it connects out to their streaming service. You could use that on your phone, your tablet, mm-hmm. your computer as well. Yeah, that's... Too. But that's that is probably game. why we'll never see a console inside of a television because mm-hmm. they don't need to do it. Exactly, because it just it wouldn't be cost practical at this point. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's that's wicked cool though. Mm-hmm. Where did you where did you acquire that? If you don't mind me asking, did you? Was oh, eBay, or? dude. I bought oh, that dude. back in like 2007, 2008 when like the economy crashed. Nobody yeah. wanted nobody wanted yeah. any of this stuff. So yeah. like when I was getting all my Dreamcast stuff, it was worthless. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. So I was rounding it all up. I was like, all right, cool. I'll get a full set. And then I finished it. And I've only learned over like the last year or so that it's valuable because I've had a bunch of friends being like, I'm trying to get Dreamcast stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's easy. And they're like, no, it's really hard. And I'm like, is it? And started looking it up. They're like, yeah, I want Mars Matrix. It's a $200 game. I was like, what? When I was buying that shit, they were like, Toys R Us is clearing them out for like $5 a game. Like nobody wanted that crap, man. Um, would you say, I mean, I feel like it's kind of obvious, but over the past even like five, six years here that retro collecting has gotten a lot more popular? Yes, yes, definitely. It's, it's mainstream now. I mean, the thing is you don't even have gamers that are collecting. You have people that, you have flippers, you have collectors that are collecting. You also have just people who like nostalgia. That yeah. too. The, the thing is there's also, um, what is it, that, that grading service, which I, mm-hmm. at least for the video games, I find is a bit of a sham because um, pretty much for like the comic grading, card grading, people have said um, that you could pretty much, let's say you get a, a, a uh, what the hell is it, a comic book graded. If you take it out of that grading slab with no damage, you don't damage it at all somehow and you send it back in, you will get the exact same number. With video game grading, there's the system just seems kind of shit. Like there's not really a system; it's just kind of an expensive thing there. 
Plus, they've done other things. Like, people will end up slabbing, like, entire game consoles or cartridges or other things where it's like, these, like, cartridges, for example, like, these things have batteries. The battery's eventually going to die. It might corrode. It's going to leak, and it's stuck in a slab now. So, therefore, you're kind of demeaning the value of it. Mm -hmm. What do you... What are you referring to when you say grading? You mean like how like cards have like mint or near mint and stuff like that? Is that are what you you're talking saying? about? That VGA system? Yes. Okay. okay. I know what, what you mean, but you might as well you, explain it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, Daniel, have you heard of like the VGA system or like have you heard of the term like slabbing? No. So what you do, it was for like collector's cards. It was big in the comic book scene. What happens is you have to pay for this service and you take whatever collectible you want and you get it slapped. So what they do is they take it to their Play. You send it to the place, mm. they check it out, they give it a grade, so it's like from 0 to 100, and there's other stuff. So let's say you get something that's like 97%. Mm -hmm. They end up slabbing it, so it's permanently stuck in there, unless you end up breaking it out, and they put that, you know, they, they end up grading it. What's At that slab point, like? Is it plastic? Is it, I mean, what is, what is that? I think it's like acrylic of some kind. Or something. I'm not sure. I've never seen one in person. Okay. Um, some kind but of enclosure. Of, yeah, a lot of people do this not to use it because it's not like you can open and close it. Like once it's slabbed, that's it. The intent is you do not open it, but they do that to bump up the value. So what happened with video game stuff, there's now a VGA type thing where you could do the same thing there, but it's been proven to just have nonsensical stuff and kind of fail and not be consistent time and time again, unlike comic books and trading cards. Gotcha. I didn't know that they had that for video games. I mean, yeah. I, I know that obviously when you're buying things online, they describe it well in the listing but i know there was actually like a quote-unquote like official grading system of some sort i don't think it's official i think it's just people presenting themselves as official gotcha mm -hmm. uh, like who qualifies you <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, you could say that about a lot of those rating systems <laughs> that's that's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah mm, that's always i i think the um i don't know the, the fun thing is sometimes you'll run into people as well who I've I ran into it like once. That's it. But there's so, like you have something, and Adam, I'm sure you've gotten this a lot. But like you have something that obviously people want, and you just have it sitting in your collection, all that, because you know you're a collector, you want it, and they mm -hmm. accuse you of being a hoarder. Oh, dude, they're just like, why don't why don't you end up selling it to someone who will actually use it as opposed to you just hoarding it? Yeah, I get both. Uh, I either I'm a hoarder for having it, or I'm a horrible reseller for selling it. Like there's you can't win. It doesn't matter. So like I, you just ignore that shit. I joke around and I say that collecting is just organized hoarding. That's kind of what it is. Like that that that's how I joke around about it at least. In a sense, I mean like, you know, but hoarding would be like, oh, I'm going to buy, you know, like all the copies I can and then I'm going to keep them on my floor and walk around on them and like <laughs> like, you know, it's When you think of hoarding, you think of like really dirty, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's like what it means, you know? Yeah. Well, like there was, I, I, there was one thing I saw, and I'm not going to single them out or anything. But there was a, uh, there was a video where I had, um, like, I unboxed a game and talked a little bit about it. And uh, one person, they're just like, "Well, why would you buy a game that you didn't like if you're just go like that you didn't like if you're not going to play it? Why don't you actually have give someone the opportunity to buy it as opposed to just hoarding it for yourself?" And it's like, well, one, I explained in the video, I never played the game before I got it, um, so I got it, didn't like it. It happens. I think everyone's bought a game they didn't like. Can yeah. we say that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that, that, that happens. It's <laughs> a fact of life. Uh, second, I'm, there's a reason why I'm collecting it. And third, I was like, you know, it's not like I had an exclusive access. I just knew when they were going to be selling it and the website, and I paid the money for it. So maybe you're a tad bit salty that you just found out about this now. Oh, well, uh, yeah. If you're happy with it, you're fucking happy with it. Some people have nice cars, they like to drive around. Other people like to keep them polished in their garage, you know? Yeah. 
It's yeah. like different strokes to different folks, man. I mean, if you're happy with it on your shelf and it brings you joy when you walk in, you can pull it out, look at it, and put it back. Or if you're the type of person that wants to fucking jam it in, invite all your friends over and play it a million times. I, I mean, it's... I, I'm, I'm the type of person, one of my friends gave me shit. Like, when he got laptops, he had a bit of a laptop collection. Like, when he got laptops, he liked to keep them clean and everything. I'm the type of person, it's like, last laptop I bought, I spent $1,000 on it, immediately put stickers on it like I was an angsty 14-year-old. Because I, I like <laughs> stickers on laptops for some reason. <laughs> It's like I was saying before, you know, sometimes collecting is the game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that's what you enjoy. You enjoy having it just as you said. Like it brings you joy to have it on your, you know, your shelf. And then of course at any time of your choosing, you have the option to play it if you yeah. want to. I of mean, course. I can vouch strongly that out of the many days, hours, weeks, months, whatever that we've spent driving all around Southern California to different flea markets and shit like that compared to the amount of time we actually spent playing these games is probably like 95 to 5% in all honesty. Like we spent 95% of the time hunting and getting them and collecting them and cleaning them and showing them off. And like about 5% of the time we'll grab some pizza and some beer and sit down and actually get time to play the games. Oh, but I we're okay so with relate. that. I can yeah. so relate. <laughs> but, but, but it's fine. Like we need, neither me and him are ever like bummed out about it. I mean, it's always usually like, we need to get some more games, really, you know? Like, yeah. I, it's just never enough. But, yeah, again, it's fun. It's fun as shit, man. I agree with you completely. And I also think your comment about the, well, the Danny's comment about hoarding is totally true. Like, people, I think there's a lot of jealousy in that. Because oh, yeah. usually the people who accuse you of that are either people who missed out on the item or they can't get it for whatever reason. Like, maybe they have 20 games and they, they only bought the games they actually play. So, to them, the psychology of it is completely different. That's fine. But I don't feel the need to go to them and be like, wow, you suck. You only have 20 games. I have way more. Like, it's a completely different attitude. Like, exactly. do people ever do that in the reverse? Do you ever see a guy who's like channels like I have 20 games and just people are like, wow, your collection is so weak sauce. Like, I don't I never see that shit. Maybe it exists. I don't follow that. But I don't know. It also depends because there's there's some people who just they also just don't want to collect. I've exactly. known people who they they will get a collection of something and they're just like I don't want this stuff and they just sell it all off. Yeah, you know, and it's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that that's good for people like us, I guess, because then when they get rid of it, usually they get rid of it for cheap. Yeah, exactly. When I first liquidated my collection like four or five years ago, because um, I'm the type of person where I get really into something and then I lose my interest in it and. Uh, it was kind of surrounding a certain situation, things that were going on in that point in life. But um, I definitely got fucked in terms of like how much I spent on, on collecting all that shit and what it went for as a lot on eBay when I sold it. I, I, I was not happy, but at the same time, like at that point, it, it just felt like the right move. Even though like one year later, I met my friend like now, like one year later, so like four years ago. And when I told him about that story, he's like, dude, if we'd, if we'd have been friends, I would have told you to go fuck yourself and like kept it all in a closet until you like got your head out of your ass, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but hey, live and learn, you know, this, this shit under my bed's not going anywhere. Like the stuff I have in these crates is it's not going anywhere now. I don't, I don't care. Like whatever happens, like I'll give this shit to my grandkids before it ever goes anywhere. That's so why. Said, I, um, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying. So you said you were going to work on N64 stuff. Yeah, that's primarily like what a little hundred percent actually. When I go to the, if I see something great for like Game Boy or something like that, I'll pick it up. I mean, I'm not gonna pass up something killer, but yeah, definitely ninety nine percent of what I'm looking for is just the original set of N sixty four games. So you want a full set? Full set, yeah. Uh, does that include like the import exclusives? Not import exclusives. Just uh, you sure? <laughs> There's mean, not that many of them. That's what oh, with the N sixty four. That's why I'm advising that. There's, oh, okay. there's only seven European ones. Seven. Are they, 
are they pretty pretty rare to come across? No, really? they're mostly oh. sports titles, so they're pretty cheap. Oh, oh, well, in that case, I mean, yeah. I, I thought that they were like just crazy. No, no, no. Oh. I think I think one of them's kind of mediocre, hard to find, and the rest uh-huh. are all. I've seen them over there. I've got most of them. They're usually just cheap, like like Premier Manager sixty four, which is the equivalent of like Soccer Coach sixty four, shit gotcha. like that. EA yeah. Sports junk, like stuff that just they only got released there for some reason. It's gotcha. just cool to have in a collection, in my opinion. But you know, well, like teach their if, own. If that's the case, I mean, the thing is, when I was originally collecting, I had a shitload. Like, I think I had like two hundred and forty NES games or something like that. And like mm-hmm. NES is a hard system to make a full. Like to I me, know. a full collection for. There's just so many. Like, like uh, first off, you've got like all the like, non. Just, just recently, I want to say the past few months on Assembler, they end up finding a retail game that came out in Korea that no one knew about. Yeah, NES is complicated <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. I've known multiple people with full sets of it, oh, uh, really? but they're all like, Canadians. Uh, like I, I don't know how that happened exactly, but I mean I've held stadium events in my hands because uh, I have friends. Oh who yeah, owned that's. It. You know, like, I'll, I'll send you a link after this. I had a friend who had a full set of, like, insane amounts of stuff, like NES, SNES, N64, Master System. Um, the, the things that some people can amass are unreal. Uh, I knew that – actually, I take that back. I do know one American, a guy in St. Louis. I did a video on this, too, which you should check out because it's unreal. The guy has, like, 23 complete console sets. Jeebus, dude. We're in, and, and he took it to like the crazy level. Like, oh, I have PS1 all complete. I've got all NES and he had, like, Whoa, didn't he dedicate like a good amount of his house to it? And he had like kiosks and all that stuff as well. It's not his house. It's a special area. But so you've, you might have seen the video. But yeah, he has kiosks for things like the 2600 and the 5200 and the Intellivision. You're like, how the hell did you get all this shit? Um, he's got boxed sets of N64, SNES, NES. You're like, boxed? Complete? The set? Wow. Oh. And he Although, let me film I'm, in there, so I recommend checking that out. I've been told, at least with the N64, not saying it's easy, but I've been told if you got the money, it's not the hardest thing in the world to get a boxed, complete N64 set. That's well, because people knew to do it. You know, mm-hmm. people knew to co- keep that stuff. But, you know, NES, man, like, who the hell thought we should keep the boxes for, you know, all that stuff? What's the video? You throw that shit away because it's not worth anything, right? Oh, back then, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean that dude. The dude I'm talking about, though, like he has, he has a, a vault in this place that has like he's like, oh, this is literally one of a kinds. Like this, this is the only known copy of this game for the Atari 2600. Was it only... Save the Dolphins? What was it? Save the Dolphins? I don't remember. Like he he had a whole vault of shit, dude. Okay. <laughs> like, so I think he had like the you know like one of only like ten copies of Air Raid Two, you know stuff like that. I and know. It's uh... like how the hell is this here? <laughs> Well, some of that stuff I know, like, you can't really display as much because I know, like, Pat, the NES Punk, for example, he has both the uh, Nintendo World Kart variants. He has a um, mm-hmm. or World Championship Kart variants, and uh, one of them's a silver one, one of them's a gold one, which the gold one, there's 23 of in existence. Mm-hmm. And he said the gold one he doesn't have. He owns it, but it's in a bank vault. Yeah, yeah. You don't just keep that at your house. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I should have asked about that. Find, didn't he find that shit at, like, a garage sale? No, with with the silver one, I'm not 100% sure, but with the gold one, no, because I think he had made videos about the silver one, and then the gold one, there was actually a dude who was one of the winners, and he ended up, like, contacting Pat, and he's like, hey, so I got this, I actually own this, 
And it, I think it's somewhere at my mom's house. So he ended up finding it. He's like, yeah, uh, I know you have interest in it. Personally, I don't really need it, but I know it's worth a good amount and you're looking into it. So would you like to purchase it? And it was from, from what I know with the story, like it, it was a good amount of money, but he actually had to fly out there, meet this person. They had like lunch or dinner together and then he flew back. But it was a big official thing like that because this yeah. this game, it was like it's worth over. I, I, I don't want to throw a number out there, but I know it's worth over five figures. It would have to be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because yeah, I, I swore that I heard that he found it. Maybe it was a parody video I saw or something like that, but uh, the one I saw, I swore he found it at like a random garage sale. Oh, you're, you're talking video. about the AVGN video. And video. Yeah, okay, that's exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Then. Yeah. yeah, okay. So it was, it was a, it was a um, joke then, that video. Yeah, yeah, that was the idea. Okay. It's yeah. been a long time since I've seen oh, it. No, no, it's so, all good. I know, I know what video you're talking about. By the way, I was, I was going to say this because uh, I know it, it seems like we, we have a pretty good thing going on. We'll just keep talking and talking. But but we've been at about over an hour now. So normally what we like to do is uh, anyone who's still watching and listening, thank you very much, um, kind of turn it over to the audience to see if they have any questions they want at, like they want to ask. Um, you know, we can figure that out and answer them. Uh, so what do you all think? You want to change it over to that? Sure. I don't care. Okay, so audience, if you all have any questions, go ahead, throw them down in chat. Hopefully for the next 30 minutes or so, we'll be taking those uh, questions. I know some of them, I have to scroll up here a bit, um, but one person was asking, so the N64 Ultra HDMI and the GC video, I guess yeah. people like them or not, what are your thoughts on them? When he says GC video, does he mean the GameCube HDMI mod? Yes. Um, I haven't used either of them personally. I have a friend who was working with the GameCube mod. He said that the initial batch units were defective and they locked the audio at mono. So they actually had to ship those out again with uh, stereo units. As for Ultra HDMI, um, I guess the big problem people have with that one is that the guys making it won't sell the board by itself. They only yeah. will offer to pre-install it. Um, I guess in some attempt to avoid reverse engineering. I mean, I don't know exactly what the logic with that is, but I know that's bothering a lot of people. But I hear it solves the anti-aliasing problem, so it ends up looking like really good. Mm -hmm. Even even with that, that was actually a recent discovery where if you have a Game Shark or any way to actually like hex edit the ROMs and load them onto an EverDrive, uh, you can disable the anti-aliasing on there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Then I would wonder what it would look like because I have a couple of RGB modded units, and they they look better than S Video, but. I can't imagine they can compete with, you know, a new board that's designed for HDMI purposes. But also, I, I think you can attest to this as well, because I, I just have one that I've RGB modded. But like the N64, I mean, it looks better, definitely, on, at RGB. RGB. But you look, yeah. yeah, but you look at it and it's like, I don't know, I thought this would be even better. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good. <laughs> it looks better than composite, but like I was expecting like, wow. No, I, I remember that because I remember when I first time I used it through RGB and I, I wasn't blown away. And that bothered me because I had been blown away by all these other consoles I'd rigged up through RGB. And I was just like, holy shit. But with the N64, I was just like, oh, all right, I mean, I guess it's marginally better. And I, I think it's just some sort of limitation to the N64. And actually, it is. Now we realize it was the anti-aliasing. Mm -hmm. But the HDMI, does it actually upscale it and make it look clean? Uh, it won't change resolution unless they did something else that I'm not aware of. The but the problem is, oh do you want to explain it no no no. go ahead it, so the problem was with the anti-aliasing like daniel as you know from pc and all that makes everything look like cleaner and sharper because mm -hmm. it like kills off the jaggies and all that so mm -hmm. the n64 the way that they did the uh anti-aliasing on there it did kind of look better like it definitely softened stuff but it also kind of gave the whole image a bit of a blur Got so you. even with that it's just like n64 games just didn't look as clean as they should have yeah 
which is so, why it can look so great on emulators. It looks amazing on emulators. And it's, uh, it, it's a console that you would expect could have cleaned up a lot better on actual hardware with the right modifications. But at least under RGB, it didn't get there. Maybe HDMI, I haven't seen it in person. But, but probably what, not as good as an emulator would make it look. But you're still say, are you saying that when it comes to the uh, HDMI, that removes anti-aliasing or no, it can't? It's supposed to disable it. Um, okay. Again, that's what I was told. I and mean, that's okay. supposed to solve the bulk of the problem. Um, but I haven't, I haven't seen it personally. Now, I gotcha. didn't know that you could alter ROMs to do that. that that's news to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would be very curious if anybody's got any altered ROMs. I'd like to check that out and just... I can, I can RGB. send you a link at one point to Assembler where they just have like a big folder full of patches and you apply them to the ROMs yourself. Yeah, that'd be cool because I'd be very curious to see what those look like through RGB. By have the way, uh, I have not yet. I haven't fired up mine in a while. Um, I was going to say, fun fact though, so for some reason, um, I think I did this in 2015 where I had to patch up a few ROMs for the N64. I, for the life of me, could not find anything that worked properly to patch up N64 ROMs on Windows 7 or 8 at the time. But it was easier for me to download an app called ROM Patcher onto my phone, load the patches and the ROMs on there, patch them on my phone, and then send them back over to my computer. <laughs> That's uh, pretty special. Should not be like that. I don't no. know why, but for some reason, like I was just like, it took me about an hour. I looked around, couldn't find anything that actually worked on my PC, found ROM patcher on my phone, did everything in about two minutes. Nice. Odd, but nice. Yeah. Strange. I, I don't get it. I do not get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Other, uh, let me see, other question right here. So I guess this would be more of a opinion piece because none of us just... None of us know. I, some people think we know for sure, but we don't. I know uh, everything. Bring it on. Oh, okay, sure. So, Adam, when is, <laughs> what's the next console to be modded? The PS4 or the Xbox One? <laughs> Just fucking with you. I have no <laughs> um, didn't certain aspects of each already get kind of broken? PS4 was jailbroken at one point, wasn't it? Yeah. Technically. Yeah. Well, then Technically, there we go. Yeah, so if, if, <laughs> I mean, people are wanting, when, when they answer that question, they're just like, okay, how can Custom we make firmware. like a JTAG 360 or a jailbroken PS3? So answer that, we don't know. We need more developments on there. But if you want the technical bare bones answer, PS4 is already jailbroken. Yeah, there you go. So the <laughs> idea would be if you ever want to use it, probably don't upgrade your PS4. But uh, then you're just sitting there with a, a coaster for a long time until they figure that out. If you have a PS4 running 1.76 or lower, if it's lower, you just update it to 1.76, you can use a web exploit to run um, homebrew unsigned code and all that. But uh, first off, there's not a lot of people that have 1.76 PS4s. There's also not a lot of people that want to invest the money into 1.76 PS4s. Therefore, there's not that much development on there. So there's a lot of things that don't work completely properly on there, such as there's no audio at all. Um, I know there's one dude on here on YouTube. Um, he actually does have a 1.76. I think it's like a test unit, I want to say. And he did several videos where he would load Linux on there and play around with it. And he was running games through Linux. And it was cool proof concepts. But um, aside from you just saying, yeah, I have a PS4 on 1.76, there's not really a practical use to it unless you're looking to develop the exploits further. Yeah, that makes sense. Did they not make a PlayStation Game Boy? I mean, Pokemon. PlayStation Pokemon game. Pokemon's uh, run by Nintendo? No, but I swear somebody ported something over to the hacked PlayStation Watch. Let me see. Just give me a sec. You guys can carry on. 
Yeah, sure. no, what what they did when they ended up revealing, I I don't I think it was fail overflow. When they ended up revealing it, they ended up putting out a uh, cuz they had a build of Linux on there and they just opened it up, uh brought up the like Game Boy emulator and then they didn't show much else. It was just I'm pretty sure it was just a version of I think it was like Pokémon Emerald version except instead of Emerald it booted so up it's PlayStation. Play- yeah, it just a okay. PlayStation yeah, version. Yeah, they didn't right show now. any actual footage of anything. It was just it was a neat novelty to see. Got you. That's exactly what I'm looking at. It literally says Pokemon, and then it says PlayStation version. That's what I remember seeing from the status a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I say just wait for a freaking. Um, well, wait for more to come out. Whenever that'll be, one year, two years, three years. I don't know. But then wait for a downgrade. Dude, there'll probably be a downgrade. It's going to happen on all the systems. It's just a matter of when. The Wii U is pretty much cracked open. The PS4, technically, it's jailbroken. Xbox One, nothing on that. Nothing yeah. public, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there could be someone just sitting there enjoying the exploit in the private of their own home, like in the privacy of their own home. So yeah, that's always possible. Because the second you start advertising it, that's when it gets harder to make it continue to work. Because then they know to fix it. Of course. Well, plus, they I'm sure they know that like if anyone has it, if they release it, it's just going to be like the original Xbox and the last one, right? <laughs> Team Executor is just going to make a profit off of it. They <laughs> made so much money off of the Xbox 360. If you really think about the amount of mod chips they released. Oh yeah, dude! Stupid amount. They're, they're the only one. They're like literally the only one. Like no one else competed. Truly, dude. Like Matrix didn't compete. Um, those, those clone boards were out of there, which annoys me because it's those clone boards are still made, and it's so much easier to get a hold of them as opposed to the legitimate team executor stuff. And I know we've ranted about this a bit, but like when it comes to that hardware, you go on the forums, they yell, they yell at you for not having something, and it's just like, well, I I can't get a hold of your original product anymore. Well, Johnny Gunn swears by the um, aftermarket, like Chinese knockoffs of the mod chips that they're beautiful and they're, you know, like three or four bucks a pop now. But I'm just saying they're like, perhaps like they looked at the last mod scene and were like, I didn't like what came of the mod scene. I'm going to keep this shit to myself because I mean, it really just became like pretty much Call of Duty getting fucked. Like that was like the extent (laughs) of it. (laughs) Of course. No, like truly, it's really what the majority of it was. Like, I want to be able to get 10th prestige. I want to be able to have God mode. Like, that's literally what everybody wanted. So, I mean, actually, I, Adam, did you ever look into that scene? All like the 360 PS3 modding scene or not? Not much. Uh, no, not really. I, I kept kind of waiting for it. To, this was all right. You have to understand this mental process came in in like 2006 when I thought that we would reach a point like this. But I kept waiting for the original Xbox to, or um, Xbox 360 to get modified in the way that the original Xbox did, where it would start running emulators and running all this other stuff and uh, just be like this really easy to crack console. Um, and I never went back to it. So I actually have no idea how far along it ever got. I know that there were yeah. points where it was you could have you could flash drives and stuff to run games, but like and but beyond that, I don't I don't really know. It got far. It got okay, really good far. to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Em- emulators, custom dashboards, custom patches for games. Like um, they even came out with a thing called uh, infections, where you can literally have a hacked console and a retail console hook up to them through LAN and then infect the code onto that one and then take that one online and do hack shit. Like they got deep with it, man. That's pretty badass. <laughs> yeah. yeah like- <laughs> That's that's why I'm actually happy now. So, like for example, I, I don't know if you if you guys know about this, but now finally the new Call of Duty that's coming out will not be on the seventh generation, which I'm like, good because the last few were bad on the seven. I don't like Call of Duty that much, but they were horribly bad on 360 PS3. And on top of that, at that point, it's like especially when like Advanced Warfare and Black Ops Three came out on them, it's like, well, you're kind of just making this game for the modders at that point. Yeah, yeah. they owned that shit. It's kind of amazing. There, I mean. 
the 360 is in its 11th year. That's insane. The fact that it's still getting anything officially is amazing. Like this isn't this isn't like a, a retro console where uh, a community keeps it alive. I mean, this is Microsoft saying, "Yeah, here's another game we published this year." Yeah, that's insane. I think now we're kind of getting tapped out at the point where really the only 360 and PS3 games that are going to come out are just sports games. Oh, yeah, sports games. And Just Dance. Just Dance, Skylanders, that kind of stuff. Oh, Skylanders, I don't think so anymore. That's the Wii U's future, by the way. That's its entire 2017 lineup right there. <laughs> Minus the sports games because it doesn't get those. Oh, it's getting Just Dance, isn't it? It is. Okay. okay. So there, Just two. Dance 2017. Here's the funny thing about Just Dance 2017. Other than Legend of Zelda, uh, it's the only NX game we know is coming. It's also coming on the Wii U and the Wii. They're making that game for all three of Nintendo's most recent consoles. That's kind of amazing to me, that there's going to be an original Wii version of that. It's a classic game. That, that is pretty legendary. <laughs> I, I, just, I, can't, I, mean, I can't even think of another example of that in history, where a, a game comes out for three generations of, a plat, of one company's platforms at the same time. I'm trying to think. The only other time I could think of it is there was, I think, like an MLB game that I remember was being advertised, and they said it's going to be out on all platforms, and by all platforms at the time, they meant um, Xbox, PS2, GameCube, PS1, and I think another system. Uh, but that was two generations, not three. The closest one I could think of was uh, the last PS2 game, which was, believe it or not, PES 2014. Jesus. Came out in 2013 in Europe only. But that also came on the 360, and it came out on the uh, PS3, etc. But I don't think there was an Xbox One or PS4 version. If there was, then there you go. But that's amazing. How many people are dancing? Apparently a lot, man. That's all I want to know. Apparently a lot of people are just dancing. I've never been to anyone's (laughs) house where they're like, we're going to eat some dinner, have a couple drinks, then just dance. Like, I don't know. It's it's not, I mean, it must sell well. I think it was, I think it was like the highest selling Wii game in like 2015 or something. But that, I mean, well, that's the Wii in 2015, but also we have to remember that everyone bought the Wii. Yeah. Everyone bought the Wii. I know. Like, Even my mother wanted one. Yeah, just like Pokemon Go, for example, a lot of people were just like, oh, that game completely flopped. It's like, no, it's not. Several million active users. The thing that happened with that was everyone played Pokemon Go. Not just gamers, not just Pokemon fans, everyone. Yeah, there was a day, I don't remember what it was, but it was, it was, la- it was like last month or the month before where 7% of the American population played Pokemon Go in one day. Yeah. 7% of the entire population <laughs> of 330 million people. Um. Well, and I quote here, Just Dance was a major commercial success for Ubisoft for a period of the top-selling video game in the UK. And in March 2010, Ubisoft announced that Just Dance had sold 2 million copies worldwide. So, But that's 2010. Um, Fast yeah, forward. granted. But still, it's, it, for some reason, it's still there. Yeah, people still like to dance, apparently. Yo, they love to dance. <laughs> I actually remember, uh, I think it was, was it Just Dance or was it something else? But it was like a dance game and they had that shit set up in the mall. with. It, I think it was the Xbox, so it couldn't have been... Uh, dance Central. Yeah, and people were in the mall, like in the middle of the mall, like dancing. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is strange. <laughs> yeah, my, my mall just has Fruit Ninja Connect Edition. Oh, nice. Don't, I don't even have that here, but <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, games like that are obviously meant to ca- uh, cater to people who aren't really traditional gamers. That's yeah. how they convince you to buy something like a Wii or an Xbox with a Kinect, etc. 
family or social i don't yeah, know look you can it's not just games it's not for nerds you can dance <laughs> hey remember the xbox one reveal aka now you can watch tv now you can yeah, nfl tv sports now you can hook everything through your dvr and it was like i i love that one clip where they ended up taking uh they, they cut out every single time they said tv and put it into a clip so it's just like two minutes of everyone just saying tv and th then i think at one point they threw sports in there yeah, I remember that it was TV sports, TV sports, NFL. Yeah. yeah, and that was the worst because it's like, dude, the people that are like watching or playing sports games, they don't really give a fuck about this. Like, they're the type of people that's just like, I know several people like this. Like, once a year, they go out buy the new Madden game, play it for a few months, collects dust. Next year, get the new Madden game. Yeah, yeah, that's the casual market, man. And unfortunately, it's really what drives the video game industry. We're just the loud minority. Yes. I know a few people like that, actually, that are not, like, hardcore gamers. And uh, there's a guy specifically that I worked with, and I showed up some of the games that I was playing and that I liked. He's like, oh, man, like, this is so fucking nerdy. And, <laughs> no, seriously. And then I went over to his his house. Like, he had a little get-together thing, and he had his Xbox. I was like, oh, cool. Dude, fucking Madden 09, Madden 10, Madden 11. I'm like, but what changes? Like, like I mean, I get the lineup and the rosters and shit, but, I mean, that's all it was. It was 100% sports games. And I was like, oh, my God, like, Granted, I can play, like, I liked, like, old school, like, NFL Blitz was fun as shit to play for me. NFL the Blitz is badass. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking awesome. And then, like, NBA Jam, where you could jump up to the roof and shit. Like, you're, those are, you're, you're talking about all the Midway ones, because the yeah, Midway ones were the only ones that were any fun, because they were so badass. weird. I'm, I'm more of a Blitz the League person. I, I like to go to the locker room after a game and fuck some <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, those, those were a lot of fun to me, because they weren't realistic at all. And, like, I mean, I even play, like, NFL Street or like NBA what was it they like NBA It was NBA Street too. Oh, NBA Street and then uh well no they had NFL Street too, didn't they? Yeah, they were they were both street. Okay. Yeah, and then they like NBA Ballers where they just like really obnoxious like those ones I can play, but like your classic like just regular sports back to back. You give me one and like I'm pretty content for my whole life on that genre of sport, you know. Have you ever tried the NBA Ballers for the 360? Comes with a basketball. <laughs> no shit. It was, it's, yeah, look it up. It's got uh, <laughs> Uh, what's his name? Uh, Dion. Uh, I can't remember his name. He played on the Nets. Uh, I can't remember his name all of a sudden. He was it wasn't just that. There was also a failed Connect game that, like, you played Connect and it came with basketball. That's what I'm talking about. I don't think that was NBA Ballers. Pretty sure it was. In No, there was uh, there was NBA Ballers because I'm N thinking of, like, the NBA Ballers Phenom or something like that. Let me see. NBA Ballers. Chosen one. No, because NBA Ballers, I remember that was, like, an yeah, NBA basketball. Baller Beats. Baller Beats, that's it. Yeah. NBA Ballers, I remember the cover of it very clearly. Oh, well, it's the lack of an S, my bad. Got but you. yeah, <laughs> NBA Ballers Beats. Perfect. Yeah. Checking I guess, it out right now. Yeah, it comes with this big controller that is a, a ball. I don't know how oh. that ball interacts exactly, or if it's just a ball. Works on most services. Game includes a real Spalding basketball. <laughs> oh, I guess it's real. There's nothing special about it. There we go. Yeah, Wait. that game hit bargain bins quick. It did because it, I mean, just the thought of it was stupid. It's like <laughs> connect basketball, hip hop, and you bounce the. Why don't I just go outside and play basketball? Yeah. Oh, shit. You get to choose your ball. Check out our list of pre approved alternative balls. <laughs> one that, that suits your needs. They've got a uh, women's basketball official, they've got the rookie one, uh, they've got a use your own ball. <laughs> I said, you know, there's a page literally called chooseyourball.php. It's there. It's an official page. Nice. <laughs> That's wild. Amazing. Yeah, this is the first. They've got one Facebook like on that page. <laughs> That's awesome. No tweets and one Facebook like. That's killer. 
Oh my god. <laughs> that is so cool. I've never heard of this before. And I can see why now. And yeah, yeah no, that game's absolutely worthless. It just sits in bargain bins or it did. That's so funny, man. I'm pretty sure if you find like a complete in box version of it, it's like six dollars and like yeah. the box like ripped to shreds and there's just you know like a bunch of dust everywhere all over Probably. And all that stuff. You you know the the type of games where like you go to Walmart like six years after like console's life cycle has ended and you just see like that one lone game that was never purchased. Yeah, there's still copies of like NHL 06 sitting in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. Unfortunately, but you go to Walmart, they still have copies of GTA 3 there. I I, I do like GTA 3. So but why is it still available on the PlayStation 2 at Walmart? They still sell PS2 games at your Walmart. Yeah, I mean, but it's like, just GTA 3. The stragglers, normally I've never seen GTA 3. Normally if I go to a Walmart, like any Walmart, there's one sports PS2 game. Oh, always a sports. Yeah, there's a sports game. But I swear, every single one I go to sells like the, uh, well, GTA triple pack. I should be more specific. It's oh, like a sealed, one, actually. Yeah, it's a sealed PS2 triple pack. If it was the Xbox version, I might actually pick it up just for the fun of it. But mm-hmm. PS2 version of the triple pack like must have been massive. No, I've actually, I've seen that at quite a few Walmarts. And it's there you go. Yeah, no, that that one, that's, I don't know, that I don't feel like that's more of a straggler. I think they do have a few copies that kind of float out and everything. I, I, they don't still produce them, which means they, they must do. have been, they must have massively overproduced that trilogy, which makes sense. It was massively successive, or oh, successful, yeah. but it, it must just be, damn, we made too many of these things, and they'll just sit in the store shelves. That can be cool. I remember Toys R Us uh, did that too. Like, they had way too much Dreamcast stuff. So, like, they were still selling all these old Dreamcast games until, like, 2008. Mm-hmm. Just sitting there. It's like, how did, you, how did that were happen? Were they the good ones, or was it just... Yeah, like, that's what I was telling you before when I was saying, like, I was picking up Mars Matrix and Bargain Bins at Toys R Us mm-hmm. for, like, There's nothing. I, I still remember, well, I mean, it was cool when Final Fantasy VII was worth, like, 120 bucks. Now it's back to, like, $30, $40. Yeah. But, like, I remember when it was at its peak, I told people, I was like, oh, yeah, I own Final Fantasy VII. They're like, how much did you pay for it? It's like, well... Thing I didn't pay for it, but I remember I was at Walmart in like 2002, 2003, and it was 30 bucks, brand new, in the greatest hits bin. And I was like, hey, mom, can I get this? Sure. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you guys are talking about Grand Theft Auto the Trilogy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, it's funny because when you Google it, the first website that comes up is Walmart. For Told you. You <laughs> must can... have massive amount of overstock. Yeah, the closest one that I can pick up right now is 45 minutes away or I can have it in two days. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they have to just have like a ridiculous amount of inventory of this game. You know yeah. you've reached a different plane in life when you're driving 45 minutes to get Grand Theft Auto Trilogy on PS2 in 20 Oh, yeah. I'm not saying I'm going to. I'm just saying that like, <laughs> they even have it here in Southern California 45 minutes away, even though you guys are like in completely different places. So it, it is everywhere, I guess. Yeah. That, I don't know how that happened, but they, that somebody... I mean, I'm, I'm not complaining. I think they're cool. No, it's fine. It's just weird. Somebody clearly who worked at Walmart like 10 years ago massively overestimated how many copies of that they were going to need. <laughs> a bunch like we're talking like et pac-man atari 2600 levels here like there must have made <laughs> so many copies they didn't know what to do with they might still have a few pallets at, like it's a few walmart dcs they're just steadily sending out one or two per store mm-hmm. oh well who knows <laughs> yeah yeah no looks like there's some uh there was some questions up top here and i think we can like, sure, shoot. answer these quick ones and then you know jet out of here um two of them are quick so one of them, uh, is it possible to have a Xbox 360 and PS3 in a PC case? Yeah. No, do you uh, say yes or no? Do you say the Xbox One and 360 in a PC no, case? P- X- 360 PS3. 360 PS3 in a PC case? Yeah, it's possible. Of course, of course it's possible. It exists. Anything is possible. There's even one with the 360 PS3 and Wii. No, it exists. Yeah, uh, Ben Heck made it. Oh, he did? There you go. 
Okay, Xbox 360, I thought I saw PS3, someone else. Uh, uh, combined. Yeah, I, no, you definitely. It, it, you could, yeah, right here. I'm looking at Ultimate Game System, PS3, Wii U, Xbox 360, Ben Heck. You can watch it right now. Interesting. There's quite, a, there's quite a few of them. Of course you can do that. You can put anything in a PC case. You can do anything with anything, man. Yeah. Yeah. Live your dreams. Um, yeah, I saw a PC made out of an E.T. plushie once. I, I mean, I'm not even kidding. Still awesome. a, I think my favorite still a PC build that was in a like original PS3 cardboard box. Nice. <laughs> it's like that is the biggest fire hazard, but by God, that's amazing. Yeah, people put that stuff in anything. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of trying to make a PC in a mannequin. <laughs> I feel like oh, it'd be just super fucking weird. <laughs> it'd be nice and warm. Yeah. I think. Yeah, it says cool, like, R2-D2, like, a full-size R2-D2 that somebody put, like, a ton of different consoles inside of, and then, like, you know, his little flaps come down and has different cartridge ports, and then a disc tray will come out of different places for different things. I think I've seen that. Yeah, just badass. Mm-hmm. You saw it in person or online? No, online. Okay. In person, there's a dude at my work who built an R2-D2. Nice. And it, like, makes all the noise and everything, and he just has, like, a little mouse that controls it, and it, like, will walk, walk around and do a mm-hmm. bunch of different things. It's awesome. I went to Star Wars around. Celebration in London this year, and uh, there was tons of people with those things just That's wandering awesome. around, just full-on R2-D2s on the remote <laughs> control. That's mm-hmm. sick. Yeah. Yeah. Other, uh, other ones on here. So, Daniel, this is this for you. Sorry, Adam. I, you could chime in here, but it was directed at Daniel. No, no. Do your thing. Are we ever going to make a mixtape? I mean, it's in the works, is it not? It's it's in the works. It's cooking. <laughs> I know, Adam, Adam, you can get on a few tracks if you want. <laughs> I have no musical talent, dude. Yeah, it's I don't either. Fine. It's fine. No, this is what we'll do. We'll we'll give you we'll, we'll do the mumble rap thing. So like, we'll give you some dreads. We'll give you some lean, uh, and then just auto tune. You'll be good. I literally know none of those words. That's how bad <laughs> I am with music. <laughs> so I can't help you. You never know what auto tune is, though. That part I've heard. Literally, okay. you could you could just make up gibberish, and I would believe you. Okay, I know nothing about music. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> no, no genre, not even other genres. No, nah, man, I never I never really got too inter- interested in music. If I'm brutally honest, I don't like know. anytime I, I, somebody's like, "What's your favorite band?" My answer is always John Williams and the London Symphony Orchestra, because that's like I like movie scores. Like that's 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 my understanding of music. We, oh, we we've gotten some feedback already. Out, Adam, your girlfriend does not want you on our mixtape. That's okay. <laughs> sorry she knows, she knows. <laughs> yeah last question here uh i guess this will be and eh, we, we can get as detailed or as simple as we want with this but uh how did you guys meet i guess that'd be online yeah that'd be probably directed at you two i guess so i met uh, them today because they asked me if i wanted to be on and i said yes <laughs> That's true. Like what a good story. Talked, like informally before on like Twitter and YouTube and other stuff, but like we've been we've been cooking this up for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, no, I think he was talking about you guys because he came in and was asking about you, Adam. So I think that he was talking about like us and you. So mm-hmm. no, I haven't. I'm not looking at the chat. So I, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. No. For from what I know, at least, like I've I've just watched Adam for a while, and then uh, Daniel started watching him recently when I brought him up for a possible guest on here. But yeah, no. I just I've I've watched Adam for a while, talked with him informally on a few places online, but just literally reached out. I was like, hey, would you be interested in being on this podcast? I said yeah. yes. <laughs> spoiler alert! You know. Yeah. Spoilers. Sorry. Yeah. 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 I was pretty pumped when I saw that you were a retro collector. I was like, cool. <laughs> Some you thought I was the other bearded guy. No, dude. I knew that wasn't you. 
I wasn't even like thinking that when you said that though at first, I was like, "There's no way." Like, could it be? And then <laughs> in my head, I was like, "Fuck no!" But it wasn't you. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. You're not old school, Brian. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel, what what about us? Do you have any specific stories on how we met? On how we met? Well, I I, just, I, I know it kind of, but like, well, I do. I just well, for for me, it was through Johnny Guns. Like, I knew Johnny Guns. And, um, I mean, me and him were pretty close for a while on YouTube and we Skyped and talked for quite a while about just random bullshittery and other stuff regarding modding pretty much and console repairs. And then, um, I think you guys had worked on some stuff together or something like that. Um, or I don't know, he definitely thrown your name around a certain amount. And so I like knew of you, I watched some of your videos and stuff like that, but, um, I don't know how we like officially got in contact the first time. I don't remember that. But I feel like originally it was because you and Johnny Guns knew each other, and that's how I kind of met you was through your guys's you know friendship or whatever. Yeah, I, I I can remember it pretty well to my knowledge. So like I'd actually Daniel, I'd seen several of your videos before, and I checked you out and all that. Um, I have kind of a thing. I'm not really so much against it, but when I was like heavily into modding, I really didn't subscribe to other modding YouTubers because my thing is I didn't want to watch their videos and then inadvertently kind of, you know, pop make the same video. Way. Exactly, because I know mm -hmm. I would inadvertently do it. It would inadvertently influence me somehow. Yeah. Um, so the only time I ever uh, watched or ended up subscribing to modding channels was if I was friends with the person. Um, so you and I, we hadn't talked privately or anything, but I was friends with Johnny. So I watched his stuff. I saw your stuff on occasion. And I remember it was like after I hit my 10,000 subscriber mark, like you'd said, congratulations and all that. And I looked, I was like, oh, this guy subscribed to me. I had no idea. And then I, I think I subscribed back to you and then we followed each other on Twitter and we were talking about random shit on there. And then like the first time we actually officially talked was like when we had our hour long like destiny debate. Oh yeah, 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 with your buddy. Yeah, I, I remember I was, I was kind of nervous about before that too because I didn't do that many collabs. So at the time I was like, well, what if this is like really awkward? It's like within like five minutes we started talking. It's just like, oh no, this is going to be the easiest thing. Yeah, that was actually one of my first collabs too. I totally remember that. It was, was it with one of your buddies or two of your buddies? Uh, two of my friends. It was yeah. you, I, Tanner, and Charlie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that was that was pretty fun. There was a ton of shit to talk about, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was yeah, definitely dude. a good time. Um, I was gonna say something. I totally brain farted. So carry on. It's okay. <laughs> <We're> pretty, <laughs> and with that brain fart, we're kind of at the end of the uh, an appropriate end to the podcast here. So everyone who is you know uh, watching live, listening live, thank you very much for tuning in. We appreciate and you uh, sticking around and all that fun stuff. So if this is pre-recorded, which it will be after a few minutes here, uh, of course you can watch it on YouTube. That'd be the preferred platform because that's where you really check the comments and all that. But then it's also going to be in MP3 form on Podbean. Uh, iTunes and Google Play Music. So that'll be all that fun stuff. Uh, in addition to that, if you want to check out either of these lovely people, uh, the co-host on here, Daniel, he is Modbot or Dopeswonder930. You can check him out. His link will be down below in the description on YouTube. And Adam, again, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, his channel will be down below in the description as well, too. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, hey. Yeah, no thanks a lot, Adam, definitely for coming on and spending time and talking with us about all sorts of random stuff, kind of. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Um, one question before you go, you talked about a video sure. earlier and I feel like you said the guy was out of St. Louis. Oh yeah. You're talking about that collection video. Yeah. I um, want to check that out. It's a I recent video it. on my channel. It's just, just look up like most insane video game collection and then just okay. my name. You'll find it. Um, but yes, the, the, the collections in St. Louis, it's just, it's seven minutes of heaven. It's ridiculous. Like the things <laughs> you will see in that video. 
Okay, it, right on. Yeah. So yeah, I, I heard you talking about it earlier. I was like, yeah, I'm going to check that out as soon as I can. Because you said he's the guy that has like, well, this is the guy with the vault. And like, yeah, uh, I didn't get any footage of the vault because he didn't want me to. But yeah, like everything he, else. He has a fucking vault. Yeah, he, he, didn't want, <laughs> he didn't want me. He let me see it, but I couldn't film it. Yeah. And like everything else, he's like, yeah, film whatever you want. And I had like two choices. I could have spent like four hours just wandering around slowly looking at everything. Or I was like, I can just do kind of a quick thing because he's going to do a channel where he's going to show off a bunch of that stuff in greater detail. So I thought, yeah. let you guys see it. And then you can go follow his channel if you want. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like just, you just get full glory shots of, Oh, that's a full PS one set, you know, every day. No problem. There's yeah. a full NES. There's a, you're just like, what the hell? <laughs> full 32 X full Genesis. I'd never in my life seen a full Genesis collection. Is the dude, he's pretty uh, like mellow when he shows it off. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and he's got like full Intellivision, full Jaguar. He's got what's considered a full Atari Twenty Six Hundred collection. And the only reason it's considered, no one knows, because <laughs> the Atari Twenty the Atari Twenty Six Hundred was so poorly cataloged. No one really knows all the official releases, and which ones are even considered official, which ones aren't. But he's by by most, shall we say, professional uh, opinions, he has a complete set including games that literally he has the only copies of. Damn, that's fucking awesome. I know, right? <laughs> that's insane. It's nuts. Yeah. It's absolutely nuts. <laughs> that is really cool. Yeah, I, I'll definitely definitely take a look at that then. Sounds cool. rad. Crazy shit. Anyways, <laughs> you guys have uh, any final remarks on here? Oh, man, thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem. It was, it was definitely fun. Agreed. All right, well, with that, let's uh, go ahead and sign off. So this is uh, Mr. Mario signing off. Thanks for uh, listening and watching, everyone. Daniel from Oddbot. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Adam from Adam Korlick. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Super, I love that how, like, just creative and original. Well, I have a production company, but no one, if you look it up, you won't find anything. So it's just better to just go by my name. Yeah, figure it out. I see it yeah. in your... Uh, yeah, see, there you go. You got the little steel there. You yeah. know what's up. <laughs> got you. Right on. Perfect. Okay, bye. Bye. All right, adios.